Welcome to the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist podcast. I'm so excited for you to join us. Each week we'll bring you a sermon from one of our ongoing series. So enjoy and let's get to it. Praise the Lord at the reading of his word this morning. Today, I just want to speak to you for a little short time this morning from the subject, the value of youth, the value of youth. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, again, we come before you humbling ourselves, recognizing, Lord, that it is really folly to believe that we have anything that we could possibly say to young people to transform and change their lives. So, Lord, we're humbled this morning that we become a mouthpiece today for you. I'm asking that your word be delivered distinctly and clearly, definitively to your people this morning, that they may understand, know, and apply what is necessary for their life today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for this Kairos moment. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The value of youth. The Nobel Peace Prize winning playwright George Bernard Shaw once said, youth is a wonderful thing. What a crime it is to waste it on children. (laughs) Here's a statement that implies a conundrum for those seeking to meet the requirements of being young today. He's saying that in effect, it's a blessing. It's a good thing to be young But the very fact that a person is young oftentimes keeps them from knowing what to do with the very youth they have. In other words, Shaw was saying that only a person who is older, more experienced, and wise can truly appreciate youth for what it is. Youth is wasted on the young. How many older people have said that? But is it really, really true? I want to posit today that it doesn't have to be. Things can change. I believe it doesn't have to be this way with our young people. I believe that young people today can, in fact, take advantage of their privileged position in being young. I believe that young people, especially today, have an opportunity to change the record of Christian youth from failure to victory. And in fact, So did King Solomon. Solomon was a great king. He was also the son of a great king, King David. His father was adored by the nation of Israel. And when Solomon arose to his father's throne, his life was nothing short of a great adventure. He is recorded in the Bible as receiving this new crown upon his head, his new position upon his life. And the Bible says that he recognized his inability to meet the position. Come on, say amen. And too many of us need to understand this same thing. He humbled himself before God and he reached out to God and said, God, I need wisdom to judge your people. Second Chronicles chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 show us this. He says, now, O Lord, let the promise 
Unto my father David be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, because this was in where everybody? Thine heart. Thou hast not asked for riches, for wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies. Neither have you asked for long life for yourself, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. Somebody say amen. And I will give thee riches and honor and wealth such as none king has ever had before thee, neither shall they have after thee. He asked for wisdom, but he got it all. Come on, say amen. amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that wealth is great. Riches are awesome. Honor is a beautiful thing to have. But the greatest of these things that we must acquire is wisdom. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when the rules don't apply. I'm going to say that again. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when the rules don't apply. You see, the rules are great and wonderful for guidelines in our life, and they're able to lead us and point us in the right direction. But most of life, I would even say, ladies and gentlemen, is found in the gray areas of not knowing what to do by the rules. You've got to have something else guiding you, wisdom. For example, it's a wonderful thing to get married. Come on, say amen. amen. It's a wonderful thing to find a wife. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 19, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. But how do you find a good wife? See, there's no rules. You can't follow a plan, one, two, three, and find a good wife. You're going to have to have some wisdom. Come on, say amen this morning. And life is like that. Life is full of areas that rules don't necessarily apply. The rules apply to the basis of life. But beyond that, you've got to learn to have wisdom, knowledge, understanding. And Solomon wants to impart some wisdom this morning to our young people. Can you say amen? He wants to give understanding to our young in how best to invest the, value, the valuable commodity of their youth. But there's a context within which he wants to give this valuable wisdom. And that's found in verse 10 in our Bibles in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It's the second part of verse 10. He says, for childhood and youth are what everybody? Vanity. What is vanity? The word vanity, hebel in the Hebrew means breath or vapor. In other words, youth is like a breath or is like vapor. And I uh, told this in the uh, first a sermon this morning, a portion this morning, first worship this morning. My grandmother used to have these pots called, these kettle pots, uh, called a steam kettle. Anybody have one of those at their house? And she used to put water in it, 
and she would put it on the fire in the kitchen and we would be in the living room or wherever watching TV or whatever and not, not too long afterwards, after she put maybe two or three minutes afterwards, you would hear this sound. And we all knew what that meant. Grandma would go into the uh, kitchen and she would see and you would see the vapor coming up out of the little hole on the top of that kettle, on the top of that pot. What was that called? It was called steam. And you would see it. The steam would come through, but when it came through, it looked very, very bright and white towards the, the, towards the hole in the pot. But as it extended up into the air, what would happen? It would dissipate. It would disappear. And so Solomon tells us some wise words this morning about youth. Youth is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome, valuable commodity to have, but it doesn't last very long. It's fleeting. And many of us know this all too well. I grew up playing basketball in Los Angeles, California, and I just knew that I was going to be able to play basketball just like I always had for the rest of my life. I just knew I would be able to dunk the ball constantly all the time. But now that I'm 55 years old, I'm just glad that I can walk on the court. <laughs> I'm just glad I can get out of bed. Come on, say amen. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, youth is fleeting. And it never ceases to amaze me how I have this deep knowledge and understanding of basketball, but I can't use it. So I have to impart it to young people. Come on, say amen. amen. And hopefully they will listen and understand. Youth is fleeting. It doesn't last very long. Young people, please hear me. I know you think that you're going to live forever. I know I did. I know you think that things are going to work out and it's always going to be awesome. You're going to be hot. You're going to be the hot commodity. But there's going to come a time when you recognize that youth is fleeting. So take advantage now of the blessing of youth today. Can you say amen? amen? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I wish we could bottle up our youth. I wish we could go to the pool of youthfulness, like many mythological stories tell us, and dive into the ocean of young, youthful vibrancy, but we can't. So we must adjust to the truth so Solomon gives us the three R's that help us to value our youth best. The three R's of youth. And it's the first one is found in Ecclesiastes 11 and verse number nine. It says, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let your heart cheer thee in the days of your youth. Walk in the days of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. So Solomon tells us, young people, the first thing you need to recognize and understand, the first wise point you need to have in, in using the commodity of your youthfulness is to rejoice in it. Find joy in it. Come on, say amen. Find and have a positive attitude about life. One of the most terrible, horrible things is to see a young person that's depressed, that's down, that's downtrodden, that's complaining, that's murmuring, 
that feels uh, bad all the time, that has no joy in life. It's a horrible thing to see a young person like that. It's almost understandable for an old man, but for a young man, why? Why are you so down? Keep a positive attitude. It is so important. I'll never forget when I first became a pastor, the the, uh, uh, president of the conference, Pastor Joe McCoy, came to me. He said, Mike, I'm going to tell you something that will help you through your ministry. He said, learn to stay positive. Learn to stay positive, Mike. Now, I was young back then. Come on, say amen. (laughs) I'm older now, but I realize now what he meant back then. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you can get jaded by ministry. Are y'all with me today? The the very people you're trying to save can be the very people trying to kill you. (laughs) I wish I had help in here today. They can cut your throat and stab you in the back and not think about you tomorrow. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a positive attitude, come on, say amen and you keep Christ at the center of your life, you can be blessed. I realize why so many people are leaving the ministry because we allow negativity to seep its way in. And it's the same way for young people. You've got to learn to stay positive. The story was told of two twins, one of which was a hopeless optimist. Everything was coming up roses, he would always say. A boy was a sad, hopeless pessimist who viewed everything and anything in an impossible, objectionable light. The worried boys took them to a psychologist to find some help. He suggested a plan to the parents to balance out the twins' personalities. On their next birthday, he said, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put them in separate rooms and allow them to open up their gifts separately. Give the pessimist the best toys that you can afford. Give the optimist a box of manure. And let's see what happens. The parents thought he was crazy. They said, we'll try it out to see what happens. So the parents followed the instructions and they carefully observed the results. When they peeked into the optim uh, excuse me the pessimist's room they heard him complaining i don't like the color of this computer i'll bet this iphone is the cheapest iphone they could find i don't like this game i hate this game my friends have a new playstation and they gave me this xbox i'm sick of this well they Slightly closed the door, and they began to tiptoe across the corridor over to the other room. The parents saw in that room their little optimists gleefully throwing the manure in the box up in the air. And there he was giggling to himself and laughing, and he cried out with a loud voice, You can't fool me! Where there's this much manure, there's got to be a pony somewhere! The point of the story, ladies and gentlemen, and the point of the text is simply this. Learn to be joyful in every situation. Come on, say amen. You see, it wasn't about the gift. It was about the one who was being gifted to. 
It was about their reaction to what was happening all around them. Can you say amen? If anybody kept their joy and positive attitude about themselves, it was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. And he followed God's will all the way through. Why? Because he had a joyful heart. Come on, say amen. amen. You see, he saw the fact that you and I would be saved if he held himself to the mission of God. He kept a positive attitude. Hallelujah. Young people, keep a positive attitude. Even when things don't go your way, keep a positive attitude. This is what I've learned. I've learned that you find out the real you when things don't go your way. The real you doesn't show up when things are going up and popping up roses and everything's going your way. That's the fake you. The real you shows up when people don't like you, when people aren't praising you. Come on, say amen. When people are contravening your ideas. That's when the real you shows up. And if you can stay positive, saints of God, you will do more for the kingdom than you could possibly imagine. Rejoice, O man, young man, in the days of thy youth. Let your heart cheer thee. The Hebrew word for cheering thee suggests a conscious decision to let your heart delight itself. It sees inner gladness and joy as a choice. As a what, everybody? A choice. You can choose to think joyfully. You can choose to receive things with gladness. You can choose to be grateful. Appreciate your parents. Appreciate your church and your friends. I learned the value of parents when my father died earlier in my life. And I learned the value of family when my brother passed away and I was nine years old. You see, you never know what you have until it's gone sometimes. Value your parents. They're not the best parents in the world, but thank God they're yours. Come on, say amen. Thank God they care about you. Thank God they put clothes on your back. They give you a nice bed to sleep in. Somebody say glory to God. Be grateful for your church family. Be grateful for the people that you come and convene around. You would be surprised to know how many people would love to be a part of a church family like yours. We take so much for granted today. Be thankful, be grateful, and allow God's joy to fill your heart. For the Bible says in Nehemiah 8 and verse number 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, say amen. Now, I know we're close to the holidays and Christmas is coming up, but please don't be the Grinch that stole Christmas. Please keep the joy of the Lord in your heart. I love to see young people smiling and laughing. It just fills my heart with goodness and, and joy, and it keeps me young. Come on, say amen. amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to follow the instruction. Stay joyful and do the will of your father. Secondly, the second R of, youth, of the value of youth is found in 
11, Ecclesiastes 11 and verse number 10. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart. Put away evil from your flesh for the childhood and youth are vanity. The second R is to remove the wasteful behavior that wastes your youth. The Hebrew word translated for sorrow means to agitate, to stir up, or to provoke the heart to a heated condition that in turn leads to specific actions. It combines the ideas of anger and resentment, putting them together, leading to a disastrous response. When strong emotions exist in a person's life, it leads to rebellion and a spirit of independence that is not godly. In other words, Scripture here is warning us to rid ourselves of a rebellious spirit that creates anger, exasperation, bitterness, and others, at others rather, and at what life appears to be giving us. I want so badly for young people to not live life with anger inside. I was thinking about this young man just this week in Oakland County, Michigan, who at the Oxford High School took his father's gun and murdered four of his fellow students. Evidently, he was angry about something. Officials tell us that uh, the school officials talked to him that morning about his behavior, his anger situation, his anger conditions. Saints, hear me today. Get rid of your anger and give it to God. Anger is a time bomb. It's a what, everybody? It's a time bomb. It comes from your expectations not being met. That's where anger comes from. You have these high expectations for life specifically for other people. It never ceases to amaze me how we have high expectations for other people and not for ourselves. But that's another sermon. <laughs> but we have these high expectations. We expect people to treat us this way and to do this for us. And, do this. and when they don't meet it, we get angry. And we hold on to the anger. We need to give those things to God. Can you say amen? amen. That's why prayer is so important. God I'm mad, I'm angry, please take this anger from me. And God will show you Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He will show you the compassion that Jesus had for you in all of your ugly anger and frustration. Jesus still gave his heart, his life for you, and it will soften your heart and help you to recognize that anger is not worth it. Come on, say amen this morning. I pray for this young man, and I, I pray that somehow God reaches him. His name is Ethan. I really pray for him. He's only 15 years old, but they're going to try him as an adult. Young people, please, youth is fleeting. Everybody's not going to treat you like a young person. Unfortunately, in this country, in this world, they treat you like an adult, and they will judge you that way. But praise God, God doesn't do that. Come on, say amen. amen. But God judges us through the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're going to get angry, get angry, but sin not. 
the book of Galatians tells us. I remember uh, this young person. I'll never forget her. Uh, she used to come to my church years ago. This is my first church in Jackson, Tennessee. And uh, I was preaching one day, just like I'm preaching right now. And she walked through the doors, just like this individual walked through the doors just now, the double doors in the back of the church. And when she walked through the double doors, a young man that always got on her nerves were getting got on her nerves right there at the back of the church. And I was watching this as I was preaching. I was watching her. And this is what she did. She looked at him and she did like this. And then she looked back at me and was smiling and filled with the joy of the Lord. I said, boy, that is amazing. I said, that was so fast. I said, man, she got mad and she got over it. And that's what we need to do. I think some adults could take that advice. Come on, say amen. Get mad and get over it. Come on, say amen. I'm not holding a grudge against you. I'm not going to be mad at you for the rest of my life, but I'm letting you know where the parameters are. Come on, say amen. I'm letting you know where I stand and you in. Come on, say amen. But after that, I'm done. I'm over with it. I'm mad, but now I'm back with Jesus. Get mad and get over it. Be mad, but don't sin. Don't let the anger or the sun, rather, go down on your anger or your wrath. Hallelujah. We need to listen to the word of God. Don't let anger take over you. Don't let anger control you. Don't let your unmet expectations cause you to do things outside of the will and purpose of God. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. I don't want to be a fool today. How many want to be a fool this morning? How many want to be wise? Then let God take control of your anger and flee the youthful lusts, as it says in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 23, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. Let God's peace flow through your life and watch him do miraculous things. Lastly and finally, the final R of the value of investing in your youth is this. Remember God who gives you your youth. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 says this, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember your creator now while you're young. Remember God now while you're young. And having reviewed all the possibilities that life offers, the great King Solomon now challenges our young people to serve their creator with a passion while still having a and purpose in their lives. During your youth, when you are at the peak of your vitality and strength, remember the one who created you and gave you that strength in the first place. Amen. While you're in your prime, Give your prime back to God 
and watch God do miraculous things. This is a very powerful, wise point because a lot of people were like me when I was growing up. I believe this, and this is, I, I hate admitting it, but it's the truth. I believe that you know, religion and faith and belief and being serious about God, that was for older people. And I'm just here to play games until it's time for me to be old like them. And I'll get, you know, I'll be serious with God when it's time to be serious with God. But right now, I want to have a good time with me and my friends. What a woeful decision that was. I was 28 when I finally answered the call of God in my life. But 28 years passed where I could have reached somebody for God, where I could have shown the character of God in my life. 28 years lost. It can never be brought back. You don't want to have that kind of regret in your life. Come to God now while there's time while you still have vitality. Don't come to God when your legs are broken down, when you can't see hardly anymore. You got two years left in your life. Give God what you have now. We need young people today. The problem with the church is there's too many old folk running it. It's the truth. We need some young people, some vital vitality uh, breathed into the life of the church. And it, 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 it really hurts my heart to see young people not coming to church. I love coming to church, even though I wasn't trying to do the church things, but I love being a part of the church. It hurts my heart to see young people obfuscating the church and throwing it on the side and saying it's not valuable. It is valuable. And God wants to use you, young people, in a great and mighty way. Trust me, he really wants to use you in a powerful and awesome way. And hear me, young people, God will use you in a way he won't use me or Byron. (laughs) There's something you have to offer that Byron and I cannot offer. We're too old. Young people, learn to give God your all when you're young. It's an amazing thing. You know, Samuel gave his life to the Lord when he was young. Come on, say amen. And he was able to change the trajectory of an entire nation. A nation, quite frankly, whose old people weren't listening to God anymore. Got quiet in here. The young man heard from God, and he was able to change a nation. Daniel heard from God when he was young. Come on, say amen. Joshua heard from God. Ladies and gentlemen, all these people in the Bible, young people. David heard from God when he was young. And he was able to go out and challenge lions and bears. Oh, my. Now, I don't know about uh, Byron or Ruber or Pastor Sven, but I'm, I'm not jumping in the ring with a bear or a lion anytime soon. 
But there's something about youth. You, you, you know, you just look past that kind of stuff because you're thinking about the power of God in your life. Come on, say man. And the next thing you know, when a giant comes up trying to tear down your church, hallelujah, you show up and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? <laughs> Think he's going to take over Richardson. Is he crazy? And while all the older people are scared and afraid and, and, and jaded because they don't know the power of God, you've been out there on the battlefield since your youth doing God's will. And you say, this uncircumcised Philistine will not be any different. I took out a lion and a bear. And no, I don't need your armor, Saul. Just let me go get five stones and a little leather sling and watch and see what God does. Come on, say amen. And the Bible says when he got there out there in that plane and took out that giant, he went and got him a sword. What sword? The giant's sword. And he cut the giant's head off with his own sword. That's boldness. That's youthful boldness. It can only come from young people. Hear me, young people. God wants to use you, man. But you got to be willing to be used. You got to remember the creator in the days of your youth. Now, as I close, I want to give you the gospel because this has been a lot of instruction. Come on, say amen. You know, a lot of instruction. That means I've been telling you things that you need to do. Now I'm going to tell you what God has done. That's what the gospel is. Come on, say amen. The Bible says, remember your creator. You're what, everybody? You're creator in the days of your youth. Now, I know a lot of people might be saying, yeah, God created me, but look at the world that he put me in. It's a broken society, torn down from the pillars. I mean, you can follow the rules in this world and still not be successful. Am I right? You can still have evil come near you even when you're following the will of God. It's a broken world. The rules don't apply the way they should apply. Are you with me today? So God put me in this world. Why should I remember him? I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why before I let you go? Because not, listen, God not only created you, but he recreated you in his image. How do I know? The Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Are y'all with me today? For behold, if any man or woman or any young person be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are made new. You see, God not only made you, but he remade you in his image. He's giving you power. He's giving you grace. He's giving you mercy. He's giving you kindness. He's giving you love. Love that you can't get from anybody or anywhere else. He's giving you an everlasting love. Come on, say amen. And he's recreating you. He's recreated in you a new heart and a new spirit. He's not just your creator. He's your recreator. Hallelujah. And you do not have to be held to the mores of this broken world. Now you can live on the high places of God because of what he's done. 
done in your life. How many believe that God is a recreator of humanity? Do you believe that today? I know you do. Let's close with this word. Father, I pray for our young people this morning who many have a true desire to follow your will and your way. I ask, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom tools that they need to invest their youth wisely. Give them a joy in their heart that they might rejoice while they're young. Lord, teach them and give them the wisdom to know what to remove from their lives so that they don't become bitter and jaded and complainers and murmurers. But then, Lord, remind them of what you've done and who you are in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you were blessed by this sermon and we hope that you can bless others as well. So next week, bring a friend, listen, have a conversation, and remember, you're always in our prayers.